you know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hi everyone, welcome back to Write That Down. I'm Justin Nipper. I edit for FightGameMedia.com. I'm a staff writer at F4W Online and WrestlingObserver.com. I also work for Wrestling Noah and Cyberfight Incorporated. And I'm back with Japan's leading pro wrestling author and sociologist and historian and broadcast journalist, Mr. Fumi Saito. All right. In the U.S. right now, pro wrestling's backstage drama has become a hotter topic than the wrestling itself. Today's fans crave, you know, the quote-unquote reality in the wrestling, and that's not negative or positive. It's just something that they want. They want something from the news to attach to the story that's already there, the story that's presented by the wrestling company. And once again, you know, quote-unquote reality, it's in. It's somewhat similar to how it was 25 years ago. What happened 25 years ago, 1997? Montreal Screwjob. When the kayfabe curtain came down completely off the rails and pro wrestling just changed completely. And we, talking about both the industry and the fans, all of us became more fixated on what was fact, what was fiction. Where were the boundaries? What really happened is what we wanted to know. I'm saying we as in the general collective watching pro wrestling in the late 90s until today. Quote unquote. What did so-and-so do for that to happen on screen? What happened backstage? People were skipping the entree. For what? For more tea. So CM Punk and the AEW media scrum. The melee, all that business. You know, Fumi and I were talking earlier before we started to record, and Fumi said, that's so Montreal. That's so Montreal. And that's what Fumi and I call it now. It's an adjective. It's shorthand, you know, it's shorthand for the saying, this type of pro wrestling, what's happening right now, intentionally or not, is blending objective reality with the storyline fiction. And instead of saying that, you just say, that's so Montreal. You got it. Did you write it down? If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Fight Game Media Network podcast feed. It's on Spotify, Downcast, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you usually listen to your podcasts. Hit the subscribe button. Subscribe button. And hit the subscribe button. It helps us out, please. Alright? Okay, so if we're going to talk about this Montreal theory, I guess we should start talking about Montreal Screwjob, right? Just a little bit of. Well, everybody knows Montreal. I hope so. if you're listening to this, I hope you know what Montreal screw job is. But it's been 25 years. Oh my gosh. It, the more you think about it, the more you realize how that was kind of the, the curtain came down on one way of wrestling in America. That was it. The way we thought about wrestling, the way we watched wrestling, I, I just as a regular casual fan, um, that curtain came down. There was something that changed after that. Yeah, I mean, and then also there was a movie that made you know that uh, wrestling with the with shadows. Wrestling with shadows, yeah, the documentary yeah. of 
and uh, uh, beyond the mat has some some a little bit of, of it too and mostly yes um that uh wrestling with shadows and around the same time there was a book um the sex and lies and videotapes no that's a movie sex lies and headlocks oh right <laughs> well, um yeah. uh who was that um Mooneyham. Oh, okay. No. His book, because uh, it was like a then non wrestling writer. He wrote a lot about wrestling after that, but uh, yeah, it's more of a journalistic approach to it. Yeah. And uh, back to Montreal, Bret Hart, after Montreal thing, actually switched the company. And he actually went to WCW. And some people thought it was work, but he actually quit WWE, then actually went to WCW and spent the rest of his career there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, not like two companies working behind, you know, behind the scene. But Bret Hart actually quit WWE and actually went to the, you know, WCW, where he actually never wanted to go. And it wasn't a happy time. And uh, just as soon as he got to WCW, Owen Hart thing happened, you know. And uh, he still had, you know, you know, Bret Hart still spent spent his 1999 year 2000 uh, within WCW frame. Then he got injured, you know, uh, that ultimately finished his in-ring career. I'm talking about the single match against Goldberg. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah. And then he had uh, the stroke too, you know. That's while right, he was biking right. in, in Calgary, yeah. I mean, all those things are non-wrestling, but it was wrestler involved. And mm-hmm. it, in wrestling fans' mind, it was all connected somewhat, right? There was a kind of blending or blurring the line of, okay, what was a part of the show and what's a part of the outside character of Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels or whomever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then actually, WCW went out of business for real in, two, you know, the March of 2000. Uh, was that a January? Or was March of 2001 was like a ECW went out, you know, going out of business. But it was all same spring. That uh, Was it June? Yeah. May or June something? Okay, but it was the year 2001. It was 2001. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, only like a three or four months uh, apart, ECW went out of business for real. Uh, for, first, WCW was bought by, purchased by w, you know the, the Vince McMahon. But the very last episode of Monday Nitro, they already made it into a storyline where Shane McMahon appears on on television. You know, in two channels at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was as real as it came. But uh, Shane McMahon actually signing and buying WCW—it was already a storyline, right? Right, and and Vince McMahon had the the big uh, shocked look on his face, the Mister McMahon. That is already a storyline. Like you know, it's not uh, it's not what it says it is necessarily. Oh no, it's a it's a it's a storyline already. But mm-hmm. uh, Vince McMahon actually purchasing WCW, the buying competition to end the war—that was real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the last 20 years, I think it really initiated the, the way wrestling fan looked at the whole product. And uh, it was not a old-fashioned, you know, like a post-war is wrestling fake or real issue. It's like, is storyline real or fake issue came out, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The subject has changed, you know? It's not the wrestling content, but the, what they say on TV, is this a swerve or is this a storyline or is this somewhat real? It's, those are the questions that the wrestling fans been playing with for the past 20 years. And especially and the, the time, like yeah. you said, oh, sorry, just before we get into that, because we'll be on that for probably a little while, but be, like, like <laughs> no, you but said. Everybody, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, like, like you were mentioning the WCW in um, 2001. Uh, if you remember, or anybody listening remembers what was going on as far as storylines go around that time too, it's exactly what we're talking about. It was such a heavy um, kind of uh, focus on 
these is it real is it not real kind of angles everything else became secondary to trying to turn the show the into actual a, wrestling in in uh, in the ring or yeah like a it the, turned the, into the, the a, matches you because think about you know the, the last you know six months no about a lot year, the one last one whole year then. last year night yeah. nitro nitro was nothing but interviews you right, know, the, the yeah. actual the matches. Forever. Don't you think? Yeah, because they were the actual matches. Sometimes. Yeah, actual matches were like a background of un, until Kevin Nash comes in and gives twenty minute interview. <laughs> <I> <laughs> you know mean, what I'm saying? It was brutal. Sometimes it was just like I don't know. I don't know. You know, the, 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 and for me, that's that when the style shifted. That's really when I fell out. Fell out of love. You could say for a couple of years because the the industry in America, at least, was so uh, kind of fixated or, or fascinated with trying to trick people into thinking, is it real? But it's not real. But we're going to say it's real. I mean, uh, why is that the focus? And I guess one answer to that question is. I think people are fascinated by it. You know, people are fascinated by it, not the wrestling content or the actual matches you watch on TV, but they were just wondering about, is this a storyline or angle? So that the interview and uh, anything outside of the, of the ring became a lot more important than uh, than uh, matches on TV. So do you think that's why this generation who probably, you know, the CM Punk and well, Yellow Box yeah, um, kind of grew that, up on... Obviously affected by it because but we still have to realize that it just, the Montreal thing was 1997, 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. So whomever was there watching it, you know, live, just 25 years older, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If you were 25 years old, then you are 50 now, you know? Mm -hmm. If you were a high school student watching it, already 40 now, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in, in their 40s. So uh, uh, that really was like, uh, you've been watching or you've been following wrestling like this for the past 20 years or so. And it's Instead kind of... Yeah, and I mean, I feel like maybe the shift became uh, you know, the companies were catering to one generation as more and more sprouted up over the past couple decades, past two decades, and yeah, you see, obviously in in Montreal, nineteen ninety seven, there was no such such thing as social media. That's right. I mean, the internet was still f new and fresh, and the spread of information. Yeah, was I slow. didn't get on 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 a laptop and doing things and all the work or be in front of your laptop. Well, that didn't happen until like 1999 for me. Mm. You know, I and in Japan, using... you were ahead of us. You know. Yeah, but uh, I was still using Fujitsu word processor. <laughs> you know, never thought the computer had to be the thing to you know to work with. You know, now mm -hmm. you do. Everybody does. But uh, and then also the internet became part of your life, but the not moving picture yet. Moving no. image just doesn't happen until like two thousand five. What I would Facebook, read, yeah. I would read uh, you know news updates. You would scroll down the page for sure. forever. Because, I mean, that's all it was. It was just a bulleted list of news. Uh, plus, I had to print the thing out because I cannot scroll down the laptop uh -huh. forever. I cannot read it. You know, yeah. like, I'd much rather print this out and sit in couch and read it, you know? Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> I still do, in a way. And uh, it has changed. But uh, for the past 20 years, it's been like this. So the, the, that's our last 20 years of wrestling. You know what I'm saying? And uh, see, pay-per-view once a month, you pay for it, you know, and then you actually watch three hours of climaxing of this, you know, the each and every angle or the storyline, right? They mm -hmm. still do in a way, but uh, what people care is what you, you've been talking about today, that, uh, uh, that the climaxing that the program or storyline or angle is fine, but uh, I guess today's fans care more about like a behind scene, huh? 
it seems like it dominates the what people want to read about and it dominates what the media wants to publish and it's it's not print media that's pushing wrestling print media is going to die <laughs> i mean here yeah. and uh, aside Over in from Japan too. It's like we got monthly pro Resu out of California is the only print magazine that's even yeah, focused but the on only stuff. focuses the pro Resu yeah. Japanese wrestling is this is a very special entity and it's limited, you know, it's not like over in Japan. I'm hoping where... that this magazine will grow, you know, yeah, it's step by step. And I think, but it also, you know, it also shows that digital is such it dominates how we how we approach watching wrestling okay and so how we watch you wrestling. say is is wrestling pro wrestling illustrated still around it is i haven't but, read it in, in, in a long time um Stu stack Stu sacks stepped down wow that's a mouthful Stu sacks stepped down uh <laughs> yeah uh maybe two years ago i still years call ago, it after magazine but bill after is not even involved no yeah but uh it, it is still around the old-fashioned way we call it like after magazine style yeah i i believe somewhat recently they had a special japanese pro wrestling special issue? edition issue yeah oh really uh, yeah I gotta, yeah i gotta see that yeah, it is, but it's uh, not as when I was growing up. Like as, as you said, the aftermags they were easier to get. You could pretty much almost everywhere, but at the, you had to get the newsstand so you can get all of them. You had the wrestler yeah. and inside wrestling and wrestling sure. USA and Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and yeah, um, yeah. even though they're all pretty much the same, um, uh, there wasn't Super much difference. Wrestling, yeah, but the way that it was presented, there still wasn't. There was a little bit of behind, I guess you say behind the scenes, but not really. It was still, um, well, still protected storyline and the character. That, it's that more uh, 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 content focused, and not backstage. Uh, no, no, it's uh, it come from kayfabe culture. Yeah. So, and, and I don't. And dur fans... during this Monday Night War in late late nineties, that the Pro Wrestling Illustrated became weekly. You know the white, not not the color magazine, but the white tablet. I mean that the not a tablet, but the white paper that, that mm -hmm. came out every week. Newsprint. You know, yeah, yeah, because you have to follow every week. You know the Monday Night War, that the Nitro and Raw, Raw. Nitro oh yeah. Is, yeah. And, and, uh, the, and the internet wasn't uh, equipped yet. It wasn't fast enough yet. Oh no! But the the, the latest on on that you know that at the time was like a TV ratings is real. It, that's outside of you know wrestling companies' control. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That you know sixty some weeks story of WCW beating WWF is that was really really real because of the TV ratings which is uh, that the beyond company's control mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Vince McMahon could not control the TV ratings which forced wrestling to be more uh to out there you know in in the real, real world a little bit it, something was changing for sure. Yeah, the, the these elements, like you said, like the the non wrestling, the, uh, the the things like ratings that somebody like Vince McMahon or Eric Bischoff can't control. It, it's right. it's uh, some kind of objective truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you know, in Japan around the same time, that like the 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 MMA shows like Pride and K One, they were drawing so many people. Like the 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 it was clear how to see where the shift was moving. The shift it from pro wrestling oh, to millennium. MMA, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, it's it, again in, in a much more vague way. It's a way of saying that. But uh, in Japan, that brought the dark age of professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. as a it went a different way. It went a, a little bit of a different way. Yeah, you know um, that the best wrestler in the world, UWFI, Nobuhiko Takara, then the big fight against Hickson Gracie, which is beyond. And wrestling, of course, you know, there's no control. And your superstar, Nobuhiko Takada, get beat by Hicks and Gracie. And then, then, then the, the, the whole Gracie myth, it really grew, you know, the, the simultaneously with this MMA invading. Like, it, it really stole wrestling fans, in Japan especially, okay? It really took wrestling fans away 
from wrestling, and uh, there was a it was a somewhat an answer that the, that the wrestling fans were always looking for. You know, is just watching MMA fight. And well, the UFC was also growing too. Remember mm-hmm. that if wrestling was real, it would not look like that. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. And yeah. because it was so much bigger and, in Japan, uh, I think it affected it a lot more. Affected the pro wrestling industry more. Yeah, and then and Nobuhiko Takada UWFI lost twice to Hicks and Gracie, and Hicks, same Hicks and Gracie, Hicks and Gracie also beat Masakatsu Funaki, the founder of Pancras. Mm-hmm. And the, the Funaki, you know, announced his retirement right at the, at the ring. Thank you very much for 15 years. He really retired, you know, mm-hmm. until Keiji Muto brought him back to traditional wrestling. And, uh, yeah, um, so it was, it was really hard to distinguish MMA and wrestling in Japan, and who was the, the most legitimate-looking professional wrestler, kept losing, you know, to MMA fighters in Japan, and it really brought the. That was the beginning of our dark age in Japan. Hmm. I mean, uh, it's just something that beyond control of wrestling, right? Wrestling company and wrestlers. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It was a different kind of obsession with reality. It was a different form yeah, of it. Yeah. But there was yeah. that urge to get past like the the old age of uh, kayfabe. Yeah, it broke from inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also like the, the Akira Maeda's rings started out as a as a more legitimate professional wrestling kind of company but ended up being complete MMA company at the end. Mhm. And yeah, having well, some of the biggest uh, MMA stars, that kind of was born from them. there. Like a feather that, uh, yeah, Randy Couture, uh, I believe. Randy Couture, that the uh, Nogueira brothers from Brazil, that uh, Alistair Allframe, or yeah, Hensel Gracie. That yeah, you know, like all those people fighting in front of wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was kind and of being wrestling. presented as pro wrestling, almost you know. It, at the Without beginning, saying because yeah. they didn't make this, yeah, they didn't distinguish it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, it, it really brought the dark. And then also, at the end of the one century and then coming to twenty first century, everything had to come to an end. It was like, right, yeah, it seemed like uh, fun is over, party's over, time to go. Kind twenty first century, right? yeah, but it's been twenty years that the wrestling has revived in Japan. Uh-huh. You know, you had you had to wait until the rise of people like Hiroshi Tanahashi, that the Shinsuke Nakamura, that the Katsuyori Shibata, the the, the the whole new group in you know, generation of superstar has to come up. Mm-hmm. You know, we had this good five six years gap that the wrestling was so dead in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the in the states too, in a different way. I don't think it was dead as much. It was just it was dominant it was wwe's time yeah because the competition was over that the, yeah. the you know vince mcmahon purchased wcw the competition for real and it was going to be a two television you know like 
Monday Night Raw, and they were going to produce WWE version of WCW television show. But the Vince Man didn't, you know, McMahon didn't like the idea that the, they spent so many years fighting the competition and finally purchased the competition and the war was over. Why revive WCW within WWE? Therefore, you created two brands, Red Raw brand and Blue SmackDown brand instead of reviving WCW. Mm-hmm. And that's how the, the two brand, you know, came about. But it's the same company. Mm-hmm. You know? I tried to make it look like Raw and SmackDown competing each other, but they don't believe that. But now it's like not even two brands, just two two different TV shows. That uh, Monday Night Raw on USA and Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. You know, Fox. It's uh, two different TV shows. With the same guys in it. I never, yeah, I've always felt like it was that way. I never felt like there was uh, any impact. Yeah, I try to, to keep change. up with who was on the red brand and who was on the blue brand, and they're doing draft every year. And who's going to be on red brand and who's going to be on blue you know, brand? And I tried to memorize it all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but the, the thing was, is sometimes they would just drop the wrestler's gimmick and, and, you forget why they were there, or you forget that they even arrived there, and they don't mention it, and then there's a brand switch anyway, and they don't mention anything as to why this then person is there. Then it became impossible to keep up with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's their world. Yeah. But the, what was beyond their control was that the time and energy and a real person in it, whomever was on 2001 or 2002 Raw brand and, and SmackDown brand, they're almost all gone. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There was no Roman Reigns. There was no Seth Rollins. That just is completely new generation of people now, 15, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. So it's you're dealing with different you know, fans and different generations of audience and different wrestlers. So it's a little bit different. But what was hasn't changed was that it's been very social media oriented for the past 10 years, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More, more information's out there than ever, right? And every day, it's just like a, it's like a waterfall every day. It's so easy to forget what's going on, even from what happened last week. There's so much going on. There's so much competition. Probably not just wrestling, but the whole world, probably. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and if, uh, fans have to commit to a lot. And it, but when it talks about what fan, when we're talking about what fans want, uh, that news cycle mm-hmm. is a, a being a part of the news cycle, that daily news cycle is a huge part of what seems to draw or dictate what draws and what doesn't or what's popular and what's not. Uh, if it's in the news, it's what people want to talk about. It's what people want to watch. Um, and if whatever it is based on reality, based on, uh, good reviews, I mean, that's a part, another part of reality. If a lot of fans are talking about it online, there becomes this organic, uh, momentum, you know, from you know, if fans say this match was really great this weekend and tons and tons of fans agree. And, and they're, you know, that idea of it going viral, that's another way that wrestling's getting popular now, too. It's different from before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because actually, that the clash at the castle, Roman Reigns, you know, Drew McIntyre, a single match, the title match, undisputed, WWE Universal Championship, right? Mm-hmm. Actual match was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's hard to, you know, to realize that the, the SummerSlam with SummerSlam was Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar, ring destroying a whole thing, and, and it was only a month ago. <laughs> it seemed, right? it seemed like years ago, right? right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just because yeah, so Brock Lesnar destroying the ring and. Uh, Roman Reigns slid and dropped off the ring. It looked great, you know, but the, it doesn't seem like just a month ago. No, no, because there's so much. There's so much media about it. We talk about it so much for a day, two days, three days, and then it feels worn out by then, and it feels old, right? 
yeah, that uh, Vince McMahon's real retirement came at the end of Ju- July, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Triple H, Stephanie uh, McMahon's new regime started. Mm-hmm. But the, the fingerprint was pretty much obvious that, that you know, you have to be, you know, like really careful watching their shows that the right that the guy is called theory that's vince mcmahon in the mcmahon's call but with 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 triple h it's austin theory right mm-hmm. they brought the first name it's not riddle it's matt riddle mm-hmm. right and also they mention 730 you know 739 days rain this is in this and this and in the 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 minute you hear the name Brown Strowman, well, he's not there, but the, they they brought up the name Brown Strowman. Sure enough, the very next day, Brown Strowman shows up at the Raw. Mm-hmm. The hints are there, you know, hints are there. So it's like, I guess that uh, you need to have better media literacy, even with wrestling, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but how can you, how can you ask that? How can you ask that of a casual wrestling fan? What do they care about? You know, it's just what it is. Yeah, I I feel like I you're right, but also, how do we get to that point? I have no idea. Yeah, Dominic Mysterio turning on uh, his, you know, his father Ray, right? Yeah, only fans that are old enough. To remember Eddie Guerrero, uh, Rey Mysterio angle, will understand a little bit better. But the most fans don't. Mm-hmm. And also, another question is: is some Dominic turning on, you know, his father? Is that believable? Not really. But uh, this need to be done in in bigger picture. And for Dominic to become his own man and to be a wrestler, that uh, I mean, to be a, you know a real star, or, or, or you know, I mean, to grow as a wrestler, this angle is sure thing that uh, that will make him um, just like Owen Hart turning on Bret Hart. It wasn't really all that believable, but the match they had. Orin Hart against Bret Hart in single match, the match was always good. And uh, this will make Dominic Mysterio a better wrestler, therefore a better star, bigger star. You know, when I saw the photo of Dominic with uh, Rhea Ripley, um, the first thing that came to mind was that maybe he... Maybe he lost his virginity to Rhea Ripley. Now. <laughs> oh, and just now, insinuating. And she turned him against uh, his father, and she she has a love Doesn't spell really on him. Tell you that on 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 as a storyline, but that could ins- yeah. The the one photo came. That's immediately that. what I thought when I saw the photo. I go, wow, she turned him. Yeah. Well. Probably, but the, 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 that's a hint. <laughs> hint. Hey, who knows? And, yeah, I, and I don't know. Lot, yeah, a lot of fans will be thinking that way. And uh, it's interesting to see what uh, the company uses from the fan reactions and what they avoid. It's different in mm-hmm. both Japan and the States. It's different. Uh, it's according- In Japan, we don't have that kind of storylines. We might. It's more orthodox. It's more traditional. Yeah, I mean, that can it- change, too. If you notice this November 20th, uh, Ariake Arena, the new building, New Japan and Stardom is doing mm-hmm. a joint show for the first time. That's that right. will have the uh, the tournament final to, to determine the very first IWGP Women's title, and also there will be like a five six intergender six people tag team matches. The so New Japan has never done that before. That's very outside the new japan box but i mean they, oh very much so um, that's not antonio inoki school of wrestling at all no no no, no. but I, I i felt like it was going to happen but i didn't think it would happen so soon but stardom is really popular yeah, but right it's now. like uh it's not like new japan's call or or, or stardom call it, it's more bushy road controlling that the product now that's right more so than ever 
because the idea of IWGP women's title also came from more of a Bushiroad fight company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they seem to see a lot of uh, good fortune in the future for stardom, I think. Fortune? Mm. Good fortune. I think I think that they're growing a lot more than they ever have. I think. Oh, it's like a, they're red hot. There's re, stardom's really, really popular this year. Uh, more popular than men's. Yeah, more popular than men's companies. Yeah. Yeah. And they're drawing people. Yes. Every weekend. But the, the stardom fan base don't necessarily want New Japan involvement all that much. Did you notice that? Mm hmm. So there's still a wall. There's still uh, separate teams. I mean, women's women's wrestling and is women's wrestling, and, and and it was never part of men's company, and not like in the states. That's a big, big difference in thinking from where the fan the fans here think. I think a majority of them think if there's not a women's match on the show, it's not it's not equal. Whereas. I think in Japan, if there's a one or two women's matches on a show with mostly men's wrestling, I think the thinking is more along the lines of why don't they just wrestle on their own show? Well, it's like uh, in Japan, only in Japan, that women's wrestling was never part of men's wrestling world. Two separate they genres. Had, yeah, two separate genres from the beginning. And actually, the first women's professional wrestling match that happened after the war was way back in 1948, even before Ricky Doza. Did you know mm -hmm. that? Before the Mike yeah. Sharp, or uh, Mike Sharp, uh, uh, yeah, Sharp yeah, Brothers. Sharp Brothers. And, uh, the, the Mike Sharp is fine because it's his father. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, in my Mike mind, Sharp I did think Iron Mike. <laughs> right, right, right. The Sharp Brothers against Ricky Doza in, 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 in you know, Masahiko Kimura. The, the Kimura, first match. The, the, the same same Kimura that the the, the double double wrist lock arm lock mm -hmm. that the MMA call it Kimura. It's the same Kimura. Interesting, mm -hmm. huh? Mm -hmm. But the, that and the same that, that was 1954. Okay, same year Mildred Bark and her crew, including people like a great Mae Young, they came to Japan and had their own show. Then scout and trained their own. Japanese female you know, professional wrestlers. Uh, well, the, the part of the reason that the women's wrestling was never part of men's wrestling was that the Ricky Dozans uh, actually resented uh, women's wrestling. Okay. Well, he came from small world, you know, that the very male chauvinistic culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, women's wrestling or women's matches were never part of men's in the show. Um, but the Women's professional wrestling had its own evolution and own development, and then they always had their own women's companies. There was a, at one point in fifties and sixties, there was like a five, six women's company running shows all over the world and all over Japan, and eventually became Japan women's wrestling and all Japan, you know, women's wrestling. In 1968, on the all Japan women became the dominant company in Japan and they even had the network uh, deal that the Channel 8 Fuji Television always carried all Japan women's pro wrestling and it was completely, completely separate from men's wrestling and that's how it was for the past 50 years and uh, it's not like <clears throat> And the wrestling fans in the states said, you know, think that, uh, why don't, why doesn't New Japan have women's division, right? Different thinking. It's different oh, thinking. Oh, the very different thinking. Now it's it's 2022. Finally, under under Bushiroad fight um, umbrella, that the two companies, New Japan and you know Stardom, under the same umbrella, and so that can they can work together. And but it's just the it's still very first show coming this November that. Uh, still two months away and still they're putting that in a piece of puzzle together but uh they will be you know the crowning first iwgp women's title and actually stardom fans are still puzzled with the idea of creating iwgp women's title mm -hmm. so yeah, there's a, a, a pretty pretty big uh difference <clears throat> between the reception of this new IWGP stardom belt 
in the West and in Japan? Oh, obviously, obviously. And also in Japan, would this IWGP women's title would be above red belt and white belt? Mm. You know? Yeah, the, it, the, is that how it's supposed to be seen? Or it's only going to be... I don't be, know. I don't know. Is it only going to be defended on these New Japan-sponsored shows? Or overseas. Ah. With New, New Japan... Japan oh, okay. Yeah, New Japan Strong, that the New Japan show, but English-speaking, based in California, that the uh, Stardom you know, wrestler will be appearing and the IWGP Women's title will be defended in New Japan Strong or probably AEW shows or, uh, yeah, and the sure. likes. Or there's some independent shows. Yeah. So, yeah, indies all over I the mean, States. Lots of opportunities. Yeah, and the New Japan affiliated uh, independent scenes or ROH for that matter now because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. ROH is part of AEW. Mm -hmm. Is Impact going out of business or are they on their own? Impact is owned by Anthem. Anthem Entertainment, Anthem Sports, like the Impact is uh, doing okay. They have the Access TV show, and they have that. Act so it's Impact, and it's right before. And the also, New Japan what's show. interesting is that the New Japan has their own show on Access TV too now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the Roku channel in the states. Roku, okay. So it's not even television; it's uh, your device. Yeah, yeah, it's you have to have a Roku to have the channel. I think you can download it uh, on your smart TV, but um, I'm not sure about you. Have to investigate on that if you're <laughs> yeah. interested. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it, it's a our it's a big brothers that uh, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows are they Impact Tag Team Champions? You know, I believe their contracts were going to be up soon or are up. But don't quote me on that because I'm not exactly sure the details. Right. But I was, yeah, I, I think I, this is the season where a lot of the uh, end of the year contracts or they're coming up or they're ready to expire at the end of what, December, especially for Japanese talent. So let's see. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's the same way with New Japan, too. Every January, all the wrestlers are under one year contract. Every January, they renew the contract. Mm -hmm. It's a new season. New yeah, yeah. So a lot of change can you know can happen, and the Bushiroad company wants to bring back these uh, younger New Japan uh, new superstars back to Japan and put them in the, in, in the top clusters. I'm talking about people like um, Ren Narita, that uh, uh, Yuya Uemura. Yuya, yeah. Oh, when we're all oh, he, he was just on that. Impact. Actually, he just made his yeah, see, Impact see, debut. They're affiliated. I'm not affiliated, but they work together. Oh, sure, sure. There's actually lots of uh, New Japan uh, talent that appears for Impact and against yeah. Impact talent. But yeah, a lot of the times he's ready to be in the main event cluster too. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so that the Bushi Road wants these people to be your main event mm -hmm. sooner than later. I there, I think there's an emphasis on younger wrestlers too in new japan i think that new japan in general if, uh, there's a youth-centric momentum especially coming from that press conference mr kidani did a, a month or two ago um i think we'll see younger wrestlers both within new japan and stardom yeah but that doesn't come from wrestling people though you know that's right like yeah it's That's very right. interesting because the owner Kidani uh, of Bushiroad has his own idea of what wrestling should be and, and what wrestling is. And the New Japan pro wrestling is still wrestling community, wrestling people. And stardom, very wrestling people, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, now that there's just like two different sets of sets of value, I think, That's as right. a product. Yeah. And it depends on where the person is but what's more important is uh the integrity of the product or the amount of money that the company is pulling in what's more important or what's the priority yeah there's two different things mm -hmm. and what they don't seem to understand or the kidani's idea is a little probably different that the see wrestling superstars don't expire remember mm -hmm. hulk hogan is still 
big superstar, whether he works in the ring or not. Hulk Hogan is a big star, okay? That the Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't work in the ring. He's retired, but he's still a big, huge superstar for wrestling people's eyes, okay? Mm-hmm. Bret Hart, all these people, uh, they, they remain being a star. You know what I'm saying? The, it's consistent. The fan base is still there for them. It's the, if you look at Brandon Thurston's uh, top 200 uh, Google index search list, you'll see that almost half of the, more than half of the people that are on the list, wrestlers that are on the list that people search for, they're not even active. They're retired. Mm-hmm. People care about The Undertaker. People care about Hulk Hogan. People care about Bret Hart. Yeah, that doesn't expire. You know what I'm saying? Never. Yeah. Uh, well, with with the special ones, yeah. But even yeah, in general, nostalgia is always a big part of what draws fans to wrestling too, especially these days. I think that even if Hiroshi Tanahashi is no longer in the main event, you know, that he is, he probably would be more popular than the than the up and coming young stars. Yeah, he's a made man. He can't. He can lose every single match for the rest of his career, and I think the fans would still react the same way. Yeah, yeah. Jushin Liger too. Yeah, and Naito will become that way too. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And uh, somebody like you know Kazuchika Okada, uh, who who is at his, his peak, you know, year right now, that he will remain on the top. You know that he should probably another five years or so, probably mm. even ten years, but uh, he will be defending his championship against Umino or you know the Tsuji or the yeah the younger guys coming years. He'll be the one that uh, the younger guys have to take out to get to the next level. Yeah, gatekeeper, yeah, yeah. like a jumbo kind of uh, role. Come coming years. Yeah, but the, when when Jumbo Tsuda was doing it, he was in his forties. That's the, the difference. Don't you think? Hmm. Yeah. Okada's young. Yeah, I think so. So uh, it will be very interesting to see, uh, you know, what Bushiro Bushiro is looking at the products uh, in the year two thousand twenty three. Hmm. Hmm. Because September, you know, of two thousand twenty two, then the, the in three months' time, you'll have January 4th, Tokyo Dome. It's coming where, up. Yeah, it's, it's Japan's, you know, answer to WrestleMania, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, uh, a lot of things can happen. Or uh, new signee, yeah, from maybe other from other company, you don't know. I mean, that's always the time we always get surprises around January. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Hmm. So, yeah, so like, what we were talking about today is like a, it's a mix, you know, we started out because we, we weren't going to talk about CM Punk and his, you know, things because pretty much everybody in the wrestling world is talking about right now, right? But uh, mm-hmm. what we can and see from be. that <clears throat> will be, yeah. But uh, what we can learn from that trend, I think, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's... Uh, yeah, you you and I are talking about that. Uh, what pro wrestling nor in Japan want in English speaking world, and what English speaking world perceive uh, pro wrestling nor's product would be like so different, right? Mm. It's interesting to see what people are interested in and what people just aren't interested in. Uh, yeah, the markets are different. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm. but it's more global. Now yes. than ever, and there are there are overlaps between markets, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because of how technology is, because of how quick and easy and seamless communication and entertainment consumption are. I mean, she. It used to be so hard to get access to tapes to watch Japanese pro wrestling. <laughs> I mean, it was talking about VHS, VHS tapes, you know, three months after the event and it's a third generation and you got to use the remote, you got to use the tracking, the tracking button to get the lines off of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, sure. It just wasn't 
especially living on the East Coast. I know in the West Coast, there are more opportunities to go to Asian stores and, and maybe get a magazine or a little latest videotape or something but on the east coast where i grew up that was not an option uh, right. whatsoever but the internet is something that did teach me how to uh, get a hold of stuff like that how to get uwfi yeah. tapes for 20 bucks yeah yeah then then the youtube era started that was uh, like 15 years later or so 10 15 years later and that, cha that began changing everything because not only was everything easy to access, but all of this other treasure was, you know, I, th I think that I wasn't exposed to any sort of old British wrestling until the YouTube mm -hmm. era, because there was no, I never even knew that there was a, a scene when I was a kid. I didn't know anything about it, because uh, it wasn't written too much about in the magazines over here. In the magazines, uh, it, you know, the, the main the companies were the companies in the States, Mexico and Japan, and Puerto Rico. And, yeah. um, you know, the, of course, there are other territories, but uh, I don't... Yeah, in, like NWA territories. So, yeah, I mean, there were just so NWA many territories tapes. in the States that there was... I didn't even realize as a kid that there was anything happening in the United Kingdom, for instance. Right, right. But or with YouTube... Germany and Germany, Austria... Yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. Or yeah. even Korea or yeah. geez, uh or other parts of South America, Brazil. Sure. And there was a wrestling in Australia in mm -hmm. all through the sixties. In WCW. Yeah. They're, the original. Yeah, the Australian version of World Championship Wrestling, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that those tape exist. Yeah, but yeah. I guess that today's fans are not really interested in old stuff. Or, I mean, Japanese fans are either. It depends on the kind of fan, and it depends on what kind of old stuff we're talking about. Yeah, you know, I mean, like you said, we talk. We started talking about the show, the Montreal Screwjob. I mean, that's yeah. twenty-five years ago, but st people still talk about it. People still want to learn about it for some reason. I think reason. that was the oldest footage they want. Uh, they're willing to watch. It, I, it's probably similar in Japan too. Probably like the the Three Musketeers era is the. Uh... Uh, actually, within the New Japan World, that the platform, mm -hmm. the oldest match today's fans are watching is Keiji Muto against Nobuhiko Takada Tokyo Dome '95. Wow. That's the old. That's the oldest footage they're willing to watch. Yikes. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. None of, none of these kids are watching Inoki primetime match. Is it too old-fashioned? <clears throat> I guess, yeah. But I mean... It's in there, though. It's but, in there, but the, the, today's fans don't watch Inoki against strong Kobayashi or anything like that. Yeah. I think it definitely needs to, you know, it's hard because you have to, there has to be more literacy about what happened and yeah. it has to be in now, now that the Inoki's you know like uh, you know being very sick mm. and uh, he made an appearance on, on the 24 hour you know that uh, charity television that uh, Inoki came out on you know with wheelchair and the whole thing that uh, maybe now that the people want to go back and watch Inoki's primetime matches I think so but, uh, yeah I think but the, today's fans the oldest match they're willing to watch and, and they watch the whole thing sit through is Keiji Muto against Nobuhiko Takada's Tokyo mm -hmm. Dome match that's the oldest like a, the, their pioneer match kind of thing hmm. interesting huh I think but the so. yeah it's but not the that 90, long ago. 1995 seemed like uh, forever ago for the, these people I remember it clearly. That was also the right around <laughs> right before NWO, about a year before sure, that. Sure, sure. Oh, I'm sure that the NWO seemed ancient to them, right? I, I mean, I remember it so vividly. I oh, mean, that, of course you do. I do. But it's also funny because all these big shifts in American, uh, North American wrestling, there was always kind of a parallel with what was happening in Japanese wrestling too. Oh, because there was an NWO Japan. It was Masachono. Oh, and, not yeah. just the NWO, but just a big, big, uh, big cultural shifts from you know traditional wrestling and over in Japan with to MMA and uh, the yeah, shift yeah. into more grappling and martial arts over in the states. The reality was not as much uh, MMA as it was um, reality 
television, hot topics, current events, attitude era approach. This kind of hunger for more reality in wrestling. And they yeah. both manifested, but there was just different ways. And it was at the same time, though. It was, you know, oh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. The, the, we were talking about the point. late 90s into Millennium. Mm hmm. Yeah. There's a lot to think about, and it's a, it's a lot uh, to when you compare it to what's going on in the news today. Yeah, yeah. Now so. that it's, what, 22 years later, though. Yeah, so I guess we have to start, uh, we can use the term as a verb now, you know, to Montreal, or an adjective. That's yeah, so, Montreal. so we, we all, well, if we say, you know, if we bring up the term Montreal, you know what we're talking about. That's right, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. that's so Montreal or something. That's so Montreal. <laughs> I like yeah. it. You know, because it's like CM Punk and Tony Khan and AEW and what they're talking about on the internet today. Oh, that is so Montreal, right? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's uh, okay. Everybody got to write that down because that's the phrase of the week. That's so Montreal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the homework too. for this yeah. week. Okay. I think that's this Oof. week's assignment. Yeah, because uh, wrestling is such it's a weird transient state this week. So when things mm -hmm. settle down and, uh, and we have some more interesting topics for you, we'll come back next and week. And wrestling is not completely independent from what's happening in society. And we experienced pandemic. You know, it, it really sped up the process of this uh, wrestling moving image go going to more on the internet and streaming service and that the traditional pay-per-view uh, on cable tv is like yesterday's news that the, you you pay for each you know this special show on the internet and watching your that the laptop screen and you pay for what you used to pay for pay-per-view right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh the business model model has changed that uh we watch, I watch, you know, some of these, you know, that the current stardom shows on oh, on the weekends on pay-per-view, we're paying like a 4,000 yen for the show. Yeah. yeah. That's another part of the Japanese, especially the Bushi Road side of things, that business structure, that offering pay-per-views via streaming service. Right, right. It's getting more and more, though, because uh, I guess people not getting out of house, you know, because of pandemic, too. But uh, you purchase the, the concert business, you know, is more that the, the streaming pay-per-view oriented music I'm talking about. Yes. You know? I, yeah. I think Bushy Road is a, a, was a bang dream or something. They have their own groups and um, they're involved in the pay-per-view music business, too. It's It's mm -hmm. big for pop over there. Yeah, so it's like people probably don't get out of house from now, <laughs> from this point forward. You pay for it at your house, and you're watching the computer screen, you know, mm -hmm. just like going to movies, you know. And wrestling, I mean, I, mean, I, I believe in live wrestling card, you know, I want to go to Budokan, I want to go to Sumo Palace, I want to go to the Korakuen Hall to attend, you know, live card. But... Uh, for I guess a more mainstream audience, that the wrestling probably will become something that you watch on your screen and pay for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting so then, to see how yeah, it's. Yeah, moving. so a new business model has been created, and it's it's it has more in common with what's going on in North America now than if we compare it to twenty years ago. I think mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. more. Oh, definitely much more in common between the businesses these days in terms of business structure and how to make revenue with businesses or pressing businesses and oh, uh, through through the internet of course yeah and it's because tv's changing too and how we're watching is changing and the pandemic and how that's completely changed right. it so tv's it even more important now obviously sped up the process yeah mm -hmm. yeah so, so probably you'll be watching everything on screen from now on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah, screen culture. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Okay. So that was, I guess, uh, we really talked about current stuff to this in this week. And you know, we usually do the his in you know, history classes, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's, it was a different seminar today, I guess. 
Well, you know, I think that sometimes it's uh, it's good to just try to look at what you digested mm-hmm. intellectually. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's good to analyze what you're talking about, and it's the the, the things that are happening right now. Sometimes they're bigger than we might realize in the moment. So it's it's good to stop and think. Yeah, and then and a lot of lot of Japanese wrestling fans have watched the the Clash at the Castle and All Out uh, over last weekend in Japan mm-hmm. on your computer, yeah, yeah, screen, yeah. So there's no delay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The times are changing. It's interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think so. All right, um, so let's let's wrap it for this week. And if you have any questions comments or ideas for topics if you like where can we reach you mr fumi saito okay on twitter at fumihiko dayo f-u-m-i-h-i-k-o-d-a-y-o fumihiko dayo on twitter or just fumi saito on facebook and i'm at justin m nipper on twitter k-n-i-p-p-e-r that's it for now until next time fumi take it away so long from tokyo (laughs) 